Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. You pick up your phone. There's no service. You're not getting text messages. And shortly, you notice somebody is posting on your Facebook account and you can't log in anymore. You've been sim swapped. Now, you may have heard that using text messages as a second factor or 2FA code to protect your logins is less secure than other forms like apps or keys. You may even know that this is because of something called sim swapping. But I bet a lot of you have the same question Mike has. Mike emailed Daily Tech News Show and asked, I hear y'all talk about 2FA via SMS text messages being bad because of SIM swapping. But what is SIM swapping? It sounds like if my SIM was swapped, then my phone would stop working. I wouldn't be getting my messages or be able to make phone calls. Would SIM cloning be a better term? Why is SIM swapping and cloning even allowed by the carriers? Are there any legitimate uses or functions to swapping and cloning? You understand more than you know, Mike. Let's help you know a little more about SIM swapping. The only legitimate SIM swapping would be if you pulled out a SIM card from your phone and put it in a new one yourself. The SIM in SIM card stands for Subscriber Identity Module. It's a way of identifying what account is associated with the phone. Since the 1990s, it has existed as various sizes of little plastic cards with a chip on one end. If you've ever pulled one out of a phone, you know it's a tiny little thing with a little gold chip at the end. You can insert it into a SIM slot in your phone, and the phone then uses that information to identify you on the network. We're not going to get into eSIMs in this situation, but eSIMs basically work the same way without the card. Anyway, what a SIM card does is let you get your phone calls and text messages on the phone the SIM card is in. It identifies you. And you'll also get all the data you're paying for. Now, why is this helpful? Well, if a phone is locked to a certain provider, then a SIM card doesn't really matter. Uh, That SIM card has to stay in that phone. It's locked to that phone. The cell phone provider won't let you use the SIM unless it wants you to use it. However, if your phone is unlocked, you can put whatever SIM you want in it. As long as that SIM is authorized on the network, the phone will use it to get your calls and texts. So if you pull your T-Mobile SIM out of an unlocked iPhone and then put it in an unlocked Samsung Galaxy S23, that S23 will get calls and texts that you used to get on the iPhone. And you're not stuck. You can then take it out of the S23, put it in the iPhone, and carry on as you did before. Some phones even have dual SIM slots so that you can switch between two providers without having to remove the SIM cards. Handy for people who travel between regions with different providers and they want to avoid those roaming fees. But none of this is what people mean when they say SIM swapping. SIM swapping is generally used to apply to malicious activity. 
So you might hear it called sim jacking or sim splitting even, but it's essentially the idea of an attacker getting the phone carrier to swap your account to a new SIM card that the attacker owns. You've got a SIM card in your S23. The attacker will call the carrier and say, hey, uh, move that account, uh, disallow that old SIM card and put it on this one that I have. Now, you may say, like Michael did, why? Why would they allow this? You have done a legitimate form of this kind of SIM swap anytime you've activated a new phone that uses your current phone number. Unless you moved the SIM card, like I described earlier, from an old phone to a new phone, you probably went through some kind of process, maybe in a store, maybe over the phone, maybe just over the internet, to tell the carrier that the SIM card in the new phone should be associated with your account, not the SIM card in the old phone. Now, you may not have realized that's what you were doing, but as soon as your phone number started working on your new phone, the SIM had been swapped. Your new SIM card was swapped into the database in place of the old one. The old phone no longer works with your number. If you ever had that moment where you're like, oh, it happened. The old phone you know, isn't showing service anymore. You just did a legitimate SIM swap. You swapped your account from one SIM to another. malicious SIM swapping, or what people generally mean when they just say SIM swapping, does that without your approval. To do it, they have to make a phone call. Because when you set up a new phone, you usually have the old phone nearby as you switch. A malicious actor wants to change the SIM card on your account without your knowledge. Going into a store could work, but it's a little riskier since they have to show their face. So most SIM swapping is done with a call. On the call, the carrier will ask them things about you. To prepare for the call, the attacker will collect as much personal info about you as possible. Usually, a phishing attack is used on the target. They might send an email that appears to be from your phone company, asking you to confirm account info, possibly by logging in. But any link in that email would be to a site they control that can capture your info when you log in. That's just one example, but it's a major reason why you should not trust every link in an email and never email personal info. But that's not the only method. An attacker might be able to find personal info about you for sale on the internet. If your info was in a data breach, they might be able to get what they need without even phishing you. Whatever method they use, and they're probably going to use more than one, they're trying to gather as much info as they can. Your birthday, your passwords, your account number, street you grew up in, whatever they can get. The more they get, the better for the next step. Once they have a sufficient amount of info, they're going to call the phone company and say, Hey, I'm you. I need to move my account to a new SIM card. Now, as we just discussed, that itself is not a suspicious request. People legitimately do it all the time. People do lose their SIM cards while swapping it between phones. They do lose old phones and buy new phones and want to swap them. Maybe they bought a used phone. That's why they're not in the carrier's store. They bought it on eBay. There's nothing illegal about that. They should be able to do that. They should be able to call the carrier and say, hey, I I lost my old phone. I bought one used. I, I have a SIM card for it. Please swap my account to the SIM card. That should be allowed. There should be a process for that. 
Now, these aren't common reasons, but they're common enough that carriers need to be able to support them when they're legitimate. So, to sort out the legitimate from the attackers, the carriers are going to ask questions only you should know the answer to in order to verify your identity. Now, they could just push a message to your existing phone, but again, what if that's why you're swapping the SIM? Maybe the phone on the old SIM card is damaged. Maybe, again, you lost it. Whatever the case, the attacker will pretend they're a legitimate user who can't use any of those methods. But they will use what info they collected about you to answer questions carriers throw at them to convince them they're you. Here's my birthday. Here's the street I grew up in, etc., etc. If they have enough info, they may be able to answer all of them. And if they do, they can successfully get the carrier to transfer the account to the SIM they have. Once they do that, they can put that SIM in a phone they have and get access to your calls and text messages. And once they have that access, they can try logging into your accounts. Uh, Would you like us to call your phone number to verify it's you? Yes, please do. I now control your phone number. Oh, text message is a second factor. We'll be sending you a code. Great. I've got that person's codes. If they have your password and the account is protected by text message codes, they'll get the codes. They'll be able to get into those accounts. And again, remember, they were collecting personal info. They may have some passwords. They can also use the phone number for voice or text account recovery on many accounts to take control that way, even if they don't have the password. It's possible for the attackers to add a device instead of replace yours, to Michael's point, but they're likely to get caught faster if they do that because you're going to see all this traffic suddenly. So more often than not, they're going to ask to replace the old device. Your device will suddenly stop working. Most people will assume it's a bug or a glitch, but even if you assume it's a SIM swap, you'll have to visit the carrier in person and convince them of that. And in that small amount of time, maybe you live right near the store, the attackers can do a lot. They can gain a lot of access. Yeah, you'll notice your phone stops working when you notice. By the time you notice, it may be too late. You may wonder why carriers don't do more to stop SIM swaps. The problem is that most people really aren't targets. And the carriers calculate reasonably they would inconvenience a large amount of people for no reason. Now, the FCC in the United States is drafting rules to prevent SIM swapping. And some carriers now require SMS verification or verification by two employees that you are who you say you are before a SIM is transferred. Most carriers do offer preventative measures you can choose to enact to help prevent SIM swaps. You can lock your phone number to a SIM. This can be called port freeze or possibly number lock. Port freeze because you can't port a number to a new phone with it on. Number lock because the number is locked to a SIM card. It means you cannot move your number to another SIM card. You can melt the freeze or unlock the number, though, with either a PIN or by visiting a store and showing your ID. Most carriers will also let you sign up for alerts to send you anytime a phone number or SIM card is changed. You should definitely turn those on. Beyond that, you should do the things you would usually do to protect your personal info. Don't click on links from people you don't know. Don't even click on links from people you think you know if you weren't expecting them. Don't offer personal info over email. Unless you're very certain of who the sender is. But remember, phone carriers and banks never ask for sensitive info over email. Protect your account with authentication apps or security keys, not text messaging, if that's possible. 
And if you protect your account with a second factor over text message, well, it won't protect you from SIM swapping. Don't use the Authenticator app and the text message because SIM swapping can still use the text message. But if you're using an Authenticator app and not text messaging, just the Authenticator app, then SIM swapping won't allow an attacker to get into that account. The more accounts you can do that on, the better. So yes, Michael, SIM swapping does shut your phone off in most cases, but that's not protection against SIM swapping. These attackers work fast. I hope that answers your question. In other words, I hope you know a little more about SIM swapping. Know a Little More is researched, written, and hosted by me, Tom Merritt. Editing and production provided by Anthony Lamos in conjunction with Will Saddleberg and Dog and Pony Show Audio. It's issued under a Creative Commons Share Attribution 4.0 international license. Dog and Pony Show Audio.